Okay. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 28. Proverbs, chapter 28. And uh, we want to go ahead and look at this section, this verse of Scripture here for Father's Day. We have so many new viewers online that are watching us that have never watched this before, so that's really exciting to see so many people watching us and being a part of our services through this online service. So even though this is really sad that we're going through this COVID-19 and this coronavirus thing, it's really opened up a lot of the social media networks for us, something that we would have probably never have done. And so many people are actually tuning in now. So all of you that are out there that are tuning in to us and watching us online, thank you for joining us. And I pray that you'll continue to, to watch us. And maybe one of these days, you actually come and visit us here at church. But in the meantime, we appreciate you joining us on our online services. It's been a blessing for us to see the responses out there. Very good. Okay, Proverbs chapter 28, starting at verse number 1. I'm just going to read one verse of Scripture here. And uh, let's pray and ask our Lord to bless this section of Scripture. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we have already, Lord God, honored you with our praise and worship, those that are physically here have honored you by taking the time to come to the house of the Lord, to seek your face, to worship you in person, and to praise you here in the house of God. We continue to pray for those that are not able to come to church yet because of personal issues or situations that they're going through. And we pray for all those that are out there watching us online, Lord God. We pray for them personally, for their homes, for their circumstances, for their issues. We pray that the word of God, Lord Jesus, will touch and encourage and bless and strengthen each and every one of them, Lord. We pray right now, God, that you will help me as your servant to be able to share the word of the Lord here today. Lord God, anoint it and give it life. We commit it to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Now God's people said, amen. Very good. Okay. Verse 28, verse 1, Proverbs. Very, very beautiful book. Proverbs 28, 1 says this, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. On this Father's Day, I'd like to look at this section of Scripture and look at just three different things or characteristics that that a lion has that I believe pertain to all of us who are fathers and hopefully to all of us who are men of God and to all of us who are actually the people of God. But of course, we're focusing today on fathers and the men of God. Let me read Proverbs 28, verse 1 again. It says, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The second part of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1 tells us this, that the righteous are bold as a lion. And I want to look at that first before we go on. Now, who are the righteous? We who are children of God are the righteous. We have been made righteous because of the blood of Jesus, because of Christ, who, uh, who, uh, when we applied salvation to our lives and to our hearts and applied the blood of Jesus to our, to, to our, to our salvation. How many of you are glad for that day that you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Can you say amen? When that day happened, so many things happened for you. You became a child of God. You were forgiven. You were given your ticket, your free ride to heaven. We need to celebrate that day in your life, that day in my life, when we came to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And on that day, when you became a Christian, when you were born again, when your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, so many things happened on that day when you made the decision to surrender your heart to the Lord. And one of those things was that you 
were made righteous. Remember, you and I cannot be made righteous by our own actions or by our own efforts. No, no, no. Our righteousness has to be through the blood of Jesus. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 30 is just one of those scriptures that talks to us or that tells us about our righteousness in and through Christ. This is just one of many. First Corinthians 1.30 says this, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Because of Jesus, we are made righteous. Because of Jesus, we have access to the wisdom of God. Because of Jesus, we have been made holy. Because of Jesus, we've been redeemed. All of these things. So getting back to the second part of chapter 28, verse 1 in Proverbs, the righteous are bold as a lion. Dads, I want to encourage you today by telling you that it is our Lord's desire that you be bold. He wants you to be bold. There's a difference between being bold and having pride. Let me define these for you. Bold is defined as ready to take risks or face danger. Being daring, fearless. However, being proud or having pride is an opinion of oneself that is too high or vanity. For those of us who are Christians, we know that our Lord hates pride. But I want to tell you again that our Lord desires that we be bold. First, let's look at some examples in the scripture that teach us about the danger of pride. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, it says this, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. That is one of the things that turns God off is that when you and I get proud, we get arrogant. We think we're all that. We think that we don't need God. We think that we're, we're the, uh, the, the superstar or, or a movie star and we don't need God anymore. That's the worst and most dangerous thing that you and I can do. That's why God says that he hates pride. In Proverbs 11 verse 2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, verse 23, pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. I want to thank all of you men that are tuning in right now that made it a priority to make sure that you took yourself and your family to church today. All of you men that are in church here today, I want to thank you that you are acknowledging that God is real, that God is important to you. You're humbling yourself. You're honoring God. You're submitting to God. You're respecting God. You're letting your family know that I, as a man of God, cannot handle life by myself. I need the Lord to help me out, and God's going to bless you for that. God's going to bless you for that, church. So although our Lord hates pride, our God desires that we be bold. Now, did you know that Jesus, our Lord, that he was bold whenever he ministered on the earth over 2,000 years ago? He was bold. He was courageous. He took care of business. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Okay. In John chapter 7, verses 25 and 26, I want to read this out of the New King James. It says this. Now, some of them from Jerusalem said, is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly 
the Christ. In other words, when Jesus was out there doing his thing, he spoke boldly, he spoke confidently, and that's how God wants you and I to be. He wants us to be bold as we live our lives on this earth. Listen to what our Lord says to you and I who are his children. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How does God want us to approach him? Boldly, confidently, knowing that he is our father. Just like these kids that we saw. You know what? They're not afraid to go to dad. They come boldly to their dad with confidence of that, knowing that dad is going to protect them. God is going to nurture them. God is going to be there for them. And that's how we have to come to our God as our father. And we have that privilege because we are children of God. Again, how many you thank God for that day that you got saved can you say amen that you became a child of God and that gives you the right and me the right to approach him boldly church because of the blood of Jesus remember David he boldly went up to the giant named Goliath and killed him why because he knew that God was with him God was for him let me read that section of scripture first Samuel chapter 17 verses 40 through 51 it says this in 1 Samuel 17, verses 40 through 51, it says, Then he, David, took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the, over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from its sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with a sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Men of God, dads out there, God wants you to be bold and he wants you to chase the devil away. Make him run away from you. That's what God wants. To all you dads out there, to all the men of God, to all of us who are the people of God. Do you know why we can be bold? Because we are the righteousness of Christ. And when we know and understand who we are because of Christ Jesus and what he did for us, we aren't afraid of anything. Let me say that again. When we know who we are in Christ, we are not afraid of anything. We can be bold as a lion, the Bible tells us. Remember Joshua and Caleb 
After they went in to spy out the land, they boldly proclaimed to the people of Israel that although there were giants in the land, yeah, there were some giants in the land, there were some big cities in the land, there were some fortified cities in the land, there were some iron chariots in the land, and the, and the Israelites had none of that stuff. But they knew that they could be victorious. Why? Because God was with them. Numbers 13, verses 27 through 33, through 30 says this. They gave Moses this account. This is Joshua and Caleb. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and Amorites live in all, live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly take it, certainly do it. And then in Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 through 9, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. But the Lord is with us. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. That's how God wants you to live, men of God. That's how God wants you to live out there, dads. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening with work or with the diseases or with society or with the rioting, God says, if God is for us, who can be against us? We can be bold as a lion white because God is with us, church. Psalm 31 verse 24 says, Be strong and take heart all you who hope in the Lord. How many of you are putting your trust in Jesus here today? You're putting your hope in God. Amen. We need to be bold and take back what the enemy has taken away. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses three through five says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that, it's, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want to encourage you men out there, you men of God, you dads that are out there. The best thing that you and I can do as men is to humble ourselves before our mighty God on a daily basis. Before you walk out that front door, you need to humble yourself. I mean, me personally, I, we should get on our knees humble ourselves before our God, cry out to God, ask Him to help us, and God will give us the, the strength and the ability that we need to live that day victorious. Because the weapons that we need don't come from the world, they come from God. Can you say amen, church? we got to get them from the Lord. So, what is the opposite of being bold? The opposite of being bold is being afraid or allowing ourselves to be intimidated. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1 says this, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as the lion. So now I want to focus on the first part of verse 1 of chapter 28 in Proverbs. The first part says this, The wicked flee, though no one pursues. When you and I take our eyes off of Jesus, 
Or when you and I walk in rebellion or disobedience or are in sin or we begin to compromise or we begin to get lazy in our, in our responsibilities to the Lord, we will live or we will develop constant paranoia. We can't be bold about anything because we are so filled with shame and guilt that we are paranoid about everything and everyone, that everyone hear what I just said. All of a sudden, we don't want to come to church. Why? Because we're afraid that Pastor Jerry is going to put us on blast and tell us, what are you doing here? What's going on? Why haven't you been here? No, no, no. Hey, listen. We get all paranoid. We get all freaked out because we don't want us, we, want, we don't want to be put on blast. One of the saddest things for me as a pastor is to witness or to see one of my brothers or my sisters that was walking with God, going to church, doing well, had come out of a world of all kinds of madness and chaos, but then for whatever reason, they get back into the drugs or they get back into the drinking or they go back into the world. And it's very, very sad because they get caught up with that lifestyle all over again. And it's so sad because now when I see them, they're all paranoid about everything. They see a cop around each corner. They hallucinate and see demons or the devil himself coming after them. They have all these nightmares, all these horrific experiences. And I say to them, why do you take the drugs? Why do you drink the alcohol? Why are you living and going out and getting all crazy if this is just tormenting you and causing you to get all messed up in your head and you don't even have any peace? Why do you even do it? And it's really sad. When we let go of Jesus and we go back to the world. How many of you understand what I'm saying? It's a very, very sad thing. Sin and unrighteousness and compromise turns us into cowards and failures. That's why even right now, even right now, if you are a Christian out there and you're messing up and you're compromising and you're doing things that you're not supposed to do or you're into things that you're not supposed to be into right now as I speak, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to tell you, get rid of that sin. Repent of that sin. Let go of that lifestyle. Let go of those habits. Let go of whatever it is that you're into and cling to the Lord. And guess what? God will have mercy on you. He will have mercy. That's what's so good about our God. And all of a sudden, he'll take all that paranoia and all that fear and all that insecurity and all that guilt, all that shame. He'll take it. He'll heal your broken heart and he'll touch your tormented mind. And our God is powerful enough to do that. He is powerful enough to do that if you will surrender to him. Even if we try to hide our sin, we won't be successful. Proverbs 28, 13. Maybe you're out there right now and you're in sin or you're in some kind of compromise or you're in some kind of behavior that you know is wrong, but nobody has seen it. Nobody has caught you. Nobody knows about it. Listen, God sees it. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Do you want torment or do you want mercy? If you want torment, continue to play your little game. But if you want mercy, as hard as it may be, die to yourself. Get rid of that sin and that compromise or that behavior or whatever it is that's getting you all messed up. Let it go. Give your life over to the Lord and he will have mercy on you. That's what the Bible says. 
Remember Adam and Eve after they had eaten of the forbidden fruit. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, it says this. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Remember, Adam and Eve had never been afraid. They had never experienced any fear in their life when they were created by God. No, they had peace. But now that they had sinned, now that now the, the Bible says they were afraid, and they said, because I was naked, so I hid. God does not want us to live in fear or to be afraid or to be paranoid or to be intimidated. He doesn't want us to live like that. He didn't go to the cross for you and I to get all messed up. He went to the cross and he died and he rose again so that you and I could live in victory. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He wants us to have peace in our mind, soundness and health and vitality and creativeness and strength and confidence in our mind. But sin takes all that away. Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid when you have the confidence of knowing that god is with you you aren't afraid of anyone or anything and you can be bold as a lion psalm 33 verses 1 through 6 says this lord how many are my foes how many rise up against me many are saying of me god will not deliver me but you lord are a shield around me my glory the one who lifts my head high I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. So first, our Lord wants us to be bold like a lion. Secondly, our Lord wants us to be able to have a roar like a lion. A roar like a lion. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 29, it says this, Their roar is like that of a lion. They roar like young lions. They growl as they seize their prey and carry it off with no one to rescue. God wants you and I who are men of God, the people of God, to have a roar. When you and I use the word of God, when you and I quote the word of God, when you and I express the word of God, when you and I teach the word of God, when you and I preach or proclaim the word of God, we are roaring. How many of you can say amen to that? This word is powerful, church. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be alert and be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When the enemy of our souls begins to roar at us, do you know what we have to do? We have to roar back with the word of God. We have to roar back. That's what Jesus, our Lord, did when he was tempted in the wilderness by the devil. Every time the enemy roared, Jesus roared roared back with, it is written. The word of God is the truth. The word of God is the way. The word of God is the life. 
The word of God is Jesus. The word of God is our weapon, our powerful weapon. When we roar, we proclaim the truth. When we roar, we speak the truth, and the truth destroys the power of Satan's lies. Proclaiming the truth will set the captive free. Proclaiming the truth will force the devil to flee. Proclaiming the truth will expose the lies of the devil. Proclaiming the truth brings light into the darkness. Proclaiming the truth brings healing and health and liberty and power and victory and authority and confidence and cleansing and salvation. The enemy wants to tear us down, but God wants to set us free, church. We got to preach the word and proclaim the word and speak the word and be bold and have a roar. Listen, the enemy will intimidate us because he has a roar too. And if we let him, he will intimidate us. But God says, no, no, no. You roar back. You fight back. First John 3, 8. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. That's what God wants to do. He wants to destroy the devil's work. And you know who he's going to use to destroy the devil's work? You and me. You and I who are the children of God, we have been assigned by God to do what? To destroy the devil's work. To invade the darkness, to invade the chaos, to invade the madness, to invade the desperation, to invade the hopeless, and give life and light to those that are on their way to hell. When the enemy tries to come against us, God wants us to roar. When the enemy tries to take our kids, God wants us to roar. you got to fight back. you got to fight for your kids. Even though it seems like they're all messed up, they're all loaded, they're all wasted, they're all there in the, in the world, and they're all tore up, and they're getting tore up, and they're getting deeper and deeper into madness and chaos, or they're getting arrested, it doesn't matter. You roar back. You fight for your kids. When the enemy tries to take what belongs to the people of God, God wants us to roar. Thirdly, a lion is valiant, brave, and courageous. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 30 says this, a lion, mighty among beasts, who retreats before nothing. In other words, he's not going to back off. He is not going to back off. God wants us to be valiant in battle. God does not want us to turn away or run away or be intimidated in times of trouble or battle. No, no, no. He wants us to stand up, to stand up to whatever issues we have to face especially you dads out there you stand up against the powers of hell james chapter 4 verse 7 says this submit yourselves then to god resist the devil and he will flee from you there are times that you and i will have to stand up to the devil did you hear what i just said we have to stand up against him now, many times when temptation comes or when situations come, God says, get out of there. Flee. Run away. You don't want to, you don't belong here. You don't want anything to do with this. But there's other times where you can't run. You have to face whatever it is that you're dealing with. And you're going to have to stand up and you're going to have to battle and you're going to have to fight and you're going to have to roar. And it's going to be a vicious battle. I wish I could just say, in Jesus' name, and you're, you're done, and you're toast. No, no, no. It's a battle. Even when you're on your knees praying, and the enemy starts filling your brain with all kinds of nasty, horrible, dark, vicious, crazy thoughts, you got to ask God to help you to fight all those things off because you can't even focus. 
It's a battle. When you're praying for your kids, it's a battle. And you see them, and sometimes it looks like it's getting worse before it gets better. But it's a battle, and you got to keep fighting, and you got to keep trusting, and you got to keep believing God. Ephesians 6, chapter 10, verses 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Church, we have to learn to stand up to evil, to stand up to chaos, to stand up to all kinds of intimidating things that come our way, to stand up to dangerous situations. we got to stand up to it in the name of Jesus. God says, I want you to be bold, I want you to roar, and I want you to be valiant in battle. Men of God, to all of you dads out there, let's ask our Heavenly Father to help us to be bold, to teach us to roar and to roar loud, and to be valiant when we do have to battle. For those of you that have not memorized any scripture, I want to give you just one scripture. This is one of my favorites, just one simple line of scripture. It's found in the book of 1 John chapter 1. I'm sorry, 1 John 4, 4. Just try to memorize. See if you can memorize the scripture. Now, me personally, I memorize all my scriptures from the King James Version. Okay, but you can memorize it in any, any version you want. But in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says this. <clears throat> you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I want to challenge all of you men that are listening right now. If you have not memorized any scripture, even if you just read the Bible on a daily basis, that's going to help you. But it will really help you if you start memorizing certain verses of scripture in the Bible that are very powerful verses. This is one of them. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God. That tells you right away that you belong to the Lord. You are God's property. You are of God, little children. That means that we are God's children, and we have God as our Heavenly Father. We can get into this 
just break this down and we can get into a heavy message, which we don't have time for right now. But real quick, you are of God. You belong to the Lord. You don't belong to the devil. You belong to God. Number two, little children. That means we, we are God's children. And he's our father and have overcome them. God, that means that God has, has given us the ability to be overcomers, to be victorious. Why? Because of Jesus. And then it says here, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Listen, the enemy is in the world. He is a prince of the principality of this world. He is powerful. He is a powerful foe. But listen, he who is in you, who is Jesus, is greater than he that is in the world. Try to memorize that scripture. Just start with that one verse of scripture. Even if it takes you a whole year to memorize it, try to memorize it. That way you have at least one scripture hidden in your heart. And it's a powerful scripture that you can use when you get scared, when you feel intimidated, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel confused, when you don't know what to do. Listen, during those times when you don't know what to do, the best thing that you can do is humble yourself. Don't get proud. Don't get proud and cocky and arrogant. You humble yourself. You go to God and you ask him to help you. That's what we want to do right now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, on this Father's Day, Lord, we first of all want to acknowledge you as our Heavenly Father. And you're a good Father. You love us. And you care for us. You provide for us. You protect us. You're here to bless us, not to hurt us. And so, Lord God, you, you give us instructions. You give us, Lord God, a roadmap. You give us, Lord, the Word of God to help us and to teach us what is, what is right and what is wrong. And you said, Lord, that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. You want us to be bold as lions, Lord. To roar and roar loud. And to be willing to stand up to evil and to chaos and to madness. If you're out there right now and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die today or if Jesus were to come. I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. Listen, God does not want you to be insecure about your salvation or about whether or not you're going to go to heaven or not. God wants you to feel confident and to feel secure in where you're going to spend eternity. The Bible itself says, these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. God wants you to know with confidence, with complete security, without any question, that you are on your way to heaven, that you are a child of God. And if you don't have that security or that confidence or that assurance in your heart, something's wrong. Something is not good. And you need to call on Jesus right now and ask Him to come into your life. And if you want to make that decision right now, I want you to follow me in this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. I believe that you were born on this earth from a virgin named Mary. And that you willingly went to the cross for me. And that you died. But you also rose again to give me life, abundant life, and eternal life. And today, I receive that free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are a Christian. You are a child of God. You are on your way to heaven. You can feel secure in your heart and confident in your heart that you are on your way to heaven. If anything happens to you, if anything goes down, you're going to go to heaven, my friend. You made the best decision you could ever make because the blood of Jesus now covers you. If you're listening to me right now and you say, Jerry, I just need prayer. I'm a Christian man. I'm a Christian woman. I'm a teenager and I'm struggling. And I just want you to pray for me. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, help those that are struggling right now, Lord, in their faith. Help those that are afraid or paranoid or, or, or that are insecure or that are questioning or that are doubting, Lord God, or that are struggling in any way. Even those, Lord God, that maybe are full of pride and arrogance and that are all cocky and think that everything's cool when it's really not. Father, I pray that you will break us down, Lord God, and help us, Lord Jesus, to trust you. Help us to be like Joshua and Caleb, Lord, that even though they were surrounded by giants and fortified cities and chariots of iron and horses and, and people that were, that were very powerful, it didn't matter because they knew that you were on their side, Lord. Help those who are Christians that are listening to me right now, that are scared or that are panicky or paranoid. Help them, Lord God, to trust you right now. And if we as children of God are involved with anything that is questionable or not of God, help us to repent right now, God. Help us to repent and let it go right now and cling to you and get back on the right track so that we could experience your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you all that are watching out there. We appreciate you joining us. Those of you that need any personal ministry, if you want to come up to the altar, we have certain spots here designated for you to come up. We will be happy to pray with you and pray for you. And let's trust Jesus as we go out. Amen. God bless all of you.